Hi, I'm Brenda Burns, and this is the Vienna Assembly of God Sermons Podcast. Thank you for listening. It's an honor to share this time with you. Learn more about the ministries of Vienna Assembly of God at ViennaAG.com. Please leave your comments and reviews on the platform where you're listening. And now for today's message. In today's service, Pastor Craig is going to be bringing our message, and I'm really looking forward to hearing the word he has from the Lord for us. Part of what we'll be including in today's service is some stories from Ukraine. Now it is time for us to enter into today's message from Pastor Craig. Hey, and today I'm going to, with God's grace, try to make some sense of the Russian invasion, how we can pray about it, our activity, and at the end, I'll be giving you an action item that we can work with. I appreciate Brenda and the missional leadership team giving me an opportunity to share the word today. And not that my opinion matters, but in all matters that the missional leadership team has been doing, I am 100% in favor. They've been doing a great job, and I just want to say thank you for their leadership And if anybody wants to know what you can do is pray about being a member of the church and moving into leadership. So we're we're in a rebuilding moment and we trust that this would be a great opportunity for everyone to find a new place of ministry. So while, while I was the lead pastor in the early 90s, I was very thankful with the relationship that I had with Tom Craft's family's home church Christian assembly. Uh, A fruit of that positive relationship was the Rachel and Tom Craft family. So I'm very thankful for that connection with Christian Assembly. I'm also thankful of my current uh, marketplace ministry with Chris Craddock, our team lead. He married the associate pastor's daughter, uh, Catherine Jeske. And so now, all these years later, I'm very thankful for the relationship we had with Pastor Daryl Emerson, the Christian Assembly family. And it just uh, continues to bear fruit, that relationship. Early, in the early uh, Pastor Emerson had a mission and vision to assist the emerging charismatic church that had come into being after the fall of the Soviet Union. And so he organized uh, three cities for three different teams to do a Bible-level, Balbo College-level teaching on the fruit and gifts of the Holy Spirit. And so I was privileged to go along with Christian Assembly, ministering and ministering to that emerging church. And so uh, the, the organization called the Pentecostal Union had, had, had persevered under the Soviet Union. And they were the, the Pentecostal church in the Soviet Union, the underground church, that, that did a great job, strong in faith, strong in perseverance. But they had a dark side. They had put a lot of emphasis on some random scriptures in 1 Corinthians, and they made it almost a tenet of their faith, which was uh, women had to have head coverings. Women had to totally submit to every male in any position of authority. Their belief was that a woman had to have a covering, either their their father or their husband, and, and they put a strong emphasis on women being silent in churches and not taking any role. And the dark side of that uh, misunderstanding of scriptures was there's rampant 
uh, abuse of women in that, in that particular church in which the Assemblies of God had aligned themselves for while it was under the Soviet Union. But out of that came a, a new revival of people who believed in the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the manifestation of speaking in other tongues. And there was a need for some teaching on what the gift of tongues, what the, what the ministry of the Holy Spirit really was, and be freed from the, the oppression that had occurred under the Pentecostal Union. And so today, with, uh, with grace of God, I'm going to share with you some, some of the insights I gained while I was in the Ukraine, some ways we can actively participate in that, and try to make sense of this Russian invasion. And whatever, whatever you may say, is said or done today, let me encourage you that you do a fresh reading of Matthew 24, and you take a fresh understanding of what it is saying to us that about the signs that are preceding the second coming of Jesus Christ without manipulation, without escapism, without anything, anybody telling you what it says. Why don't you all just take time to open up Matthew 24 sometime this week and read through it and see if you will not sense the coming of the Lord is near. Can somebody just say amen? Amen. We can believe that. And so as a side note, uh, the song that was playing uh, during and while we were, my wife and I, uh, after New Year's, was traveling north out of Charlottesville and without any moment to make any decision, the song that was playing by, was by Larry Norman, uh, I Wish We Had All Been Ready. And without, without even a moment to decide, a deer had jumped over the guardrail. And just like that, we had collided into a deer. Thank the Lord, it was low enough, hit the, hit the lower part of the bumper. We rolled over it. It didn't come into the windshield. But I want you to know today, whether the Lord continues to tarry His coming, or whether we meet Him right now, we should all be ready at any moment. Amen. Be ready now. Don't say, well, there's one more sign hadn't been fulfilled in Matthew 24. I got a little bit more time. I want you to know we should all be ready for the coming of the Lord. We should all be ready to be ushered into his presence at any time. Can you just say, I will in Jesus' name, by the grace of God, be ready for the coming of the Lord. No one knows the day or hour of Christ's return. No one knows the day or hour of Christ's return. We can only see the signs that precede his coming. So let's join with the Apostle Paul in his concluding words in the final book of the Bible. And he says, come quickly, Lord Jesus. Can we just make it a prayer? Come quickly, Lord Jesus. And if you are in the Ukraine right now, in Kiev, as a believer, you can, I can assure you they are praying this prayer. Come quickly, Lord Jesus. It would be a good day to come. I'm going to be sharing today uh, some understanding of Romans 5, 16, and 17. You can turn there or look uh, up on the scriptures. And before we read that, behind me um, are the, 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 the nesting dolls. from uh, That's more of a Russian and Ukrainian uh, culture thing. And on the, my other side, uh, I do a lot of outdoor things in the cold. And while I was there, I asked the men of the church, does anybody have any warm weather gear? Don't you think Russians and Ukrainians would have some good warm weather gear? And uh, cold weather gear, I mean. So I, uh, a, a, a brother stood up and said, I've got some. I'm willing, to let, let, I'm willing to sell it. So I got a really good deal on some uh, Ukrainian military uh, cold weather gear. If You're welcome to look at it and all that stuff. But it's just a, a meaningful thing for me. I always like 
to bring things back from the culture so I can remember them. And they are here if you want to look at them later on. Romans 5, 16 and 17. God's free gift leads to our being made right with God, even though we are guilty of many sins. For the sin of this one man, Adam, caused death to rule over many. But even greater is God's wonderful grace and his gift of righteousness. For all who receive it will live in triumph over sin and death through this one man, Jesus Christ, the word of the Lord. Amen. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Thank you, Lord, for the reminder that righteousness is a gift, a free gift. And in relationship with you through Christ Jesus, we will live in triumph over sin and death through Jesus Christ. Lord, help us and help the leaders of Russia, Ukraine, America, all the European Union countries, and all nations to differentiate between triumphing over sin and death and the destructiveness of triumphalism over others, over communities, and over countries. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Uh, last time I preached, I mentioned Romans 7, where Paul reminded us of what the problem is, and it is the reason why Russia has invaded the Ukraine. It is their problem, it is our problem, it is all humans' problems. And verse 14 is this, The trouble is with me, for I am all too human, a slave to sin. Here is the answer to all of the ills of humanity. And please do not blame God for the Russian invasion of the Ukraine. Please do not blame God for any of the ills of humanity. Don't claim the sovereignty of God, all, the, all of this stuff. I, I, that is not my belief, not, nor my theology. And considering, consider this. Go ahead and put your hand over your heart and join the Apostle Paul and identify the reason Russia has invaded Ukraine and the reason there's problems in our world here it is. The trouble is with me. Just go ahead and say it. The trouble is with me. I am all too human, a slave to sin. Amen. Can you say thank you for that good news, Pastor Craig? <laughs> but isn't it, isn't it true? The problem with being human is the first human, Adam, caused sin and death to rule over us. And sin and death's rule is a constant pressure. You can never get away from it except briefly when you're in the presence of God through the spiritual disciplines. The opportunity to yield to the pressure of sin and death is constantly around us. And to fail to acknowledge that reality is to fail to recognize the real enemy and the cause of all of humans' problems. It's not only possible but it is expected that God's people, the community of God's people, are to live in triumph over sin and death through Jesus Christ, even though the author of the book of Romans admits, the problem is with me, I'm all too human, a slave to sin. Now the Parsonage Master Bathroom is being remodeled after 60 years of faithful service. Thank the Lord, it's all been good. The, after the kids moved out, Brenda now uses the guest bathroom as her primary bathroom, and I still use the small one that's in the master bedroom. And I have, in essence, invaded her space. 
to use her bathroom. She only has one main rule. Can anybody tell me what the one main rule that a woman would have if a male is using the bathroom? Toilet seat down, right. One rule, one rule. Put the toilet seat down. That's a pretty easy thing to do, right? Just one rule. Just follow one rule. Well, Romans 7 says what? The trouble is with me. So, I can hardly follow one little rule. And God gave Adam and Eve just one, just... You, you, you're welcome to inv come into my space. But you got one little rule, Eric. Put the toilet seat down when you're done using it, man. <laughs> he said one little rule. Don't eat of the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Sounds easy, right? Just to follow one little rule. Well, can we admit that given just one little rule in life, I was given just one little rule in life. Just, don't, just put the toilet seat down. It took me, I'd say, three different conferences with Brenda. I think I finally got it. But the problem with all of humanity is the fact that we have a thing called sin and death that rules over us, but yet we are called to triumph over it. We've got one little rule in the New Testament with three parts. All you got to do, love God, love your neighbor, and love yourself. Three little things, all you got to do. We sum it up, love God, others, and life. Sounds easy enough, right? In all matters, in all situations, you love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. You love neighbors as others, and you love yourself. That sounds easy, right? Can anyone just say it has not been easy to always love every person in every situation? Sometimes we look in the mirror, and we, 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 we don't even love ourselves, much less our, love our neighbors. So it's a complicated thing to follow rules. So if a person or if a community, or a country, leadership, and identity, they're tied to this, this understanding that they're a great bear. They're male-dominated. They have aggressiveness, and they have triumphalism in their life. The problem in Russia is the problem uh, that all humanity is, that we are all too human, a slave to sin, and if a sin is dominant in a, a community or a family or a whole country with that aggressive triumphalism, the problem is that they will, the, the, the dark side of triumphalism is, we, 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 we saw it in January 6th on the uh, the, in our nation's capital, when people have linked their Christian faith with their patriotic duty, you call it Christian nationalism, they, they feel like they cannot, it's not just to triumph over sin and death, but to triumph over any system that they feel is unjust. They feel, led by our former president, that their election was rigged, who still to this day claim the election was rigged, and people are still identifying and link their Christian faith with their sense of patriotic duty, and we saw the dark side in evidence on January 6th. What is occurring in Ukraine right now is, is nationalism. The Russians are not anti-God. They're not atheistic. There is, they do believe in God. There's probably the Orthodox Church. Many of them have a 
relationship with God through Christ Jesus, but through and within their culture, they are male-dominated, they are aggressive, and they are had this belief of triumphing over not just sin and death, but triumphing over anybody that they want to triumph over. And that is the dark side of triumphalism. It's absolutely imperative that we triumph over sin and death, but we're not to consider other people or communities or countries as someone that we should triumph over. Does that make sense to any of us? Does it make sense that a country whose symbolism is a great bear, a male bear that's aggressive culturally, would have a struggle with the sin of aggressiveness and taking over and invading? In our country... We see it, their countries, they see it. Russia has a strong nationalistic view. Ukraine has a strong nationalistic view and they're activating their faith and we can take warning. We can take a warning. Christ has told us there's neither male nor female, neither Jew nor Greek. There's not any hierarchy in the kingdom of God, but yet we still kind of drift to our own sinful ways of doing things. The dark side of sin, the sin of triumphalism, is, 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 can be overcome with an understanding of Jesus. Philippians 2 gives us an understanding. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges... He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him, I'm sorry, God elevated him to the place of highest honor and gave him the name above all of the names, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord. Notice, it was God the Father that elevated Christ to the highest place of honor. Jesus did not raise himself up. God raised himself up. This is an important differentiation and an understanding. Jesus was the sent one from the Father to die for all of our sins, to be crucified, dead, and buried. It was God who raised him up and ascended him on high. God gave him all power and all authority. Jesus did not take power and authority. He was given to him in the community of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Not of himself or a sense of duty, or destiny, or triumphalism, Jesus came to give himself a ransom for many and to die in our place. And he did, thank God. That's what we will celebrate beginning next Wednesday, Ash Wednesday, through Lent, is to celebrate that Jesus indeed did not come in a spirit of triumphalism, but to come to give himself a ransom for many and to die in our place place. This is an important point to understand. People of other faiths, they, they, they just don't believe that's the way of Jesus. 
But it's important to know he died for every person. He actually did die. And I've had a privilege in the marketplace ministry recently to share with someone of the Islamic faith the critical differences. And the critical difference is that Jesus actually did die and that God raised him from the dead for every human being. It's important that we all have that theology so strong. If a uh, cousin of mine who lives in Boston shared this on her Facebook post to kind of understand the, um, the way of a Ukrainian mindset. The post was this. Ukraine used to be in an abusive relationship with Russia, feeding him, letting him use her car, and giving him whatever he asked for until she built up the confidence to call it quits back in 1991. Since then, Ukraine has been working on herself, becoming a strong, independent woman with help from friends like France, America, Poland, etc., offering her support, loaning her money, and helping her find her way. Ukraine has been enjoying being single for 30 years and looking forward to continuing to grow and create new friendships. Now Russia, being the toxic ex that it wants her back, and doesn't want her meeting new people or creating any new relationships. A couple of weeks ago, Russia started sitting in front of Ukraine's house. And when her friends asked him what he was doing there, he said, oh, nothing, I'm just getting a little bit of exercise, that's all. After her friends told her that Russia was potentially getting ready to do something bad to her, he said, they're lying, they just want you to be scared of me, and that's not what it is. But this week, Russia broke into Ukraine's house beating her up and taking advantage of her while on live stream and double dog daring any of her friends to do something about it. Now, when we traveled to the Ukraine just a few years after their independence, we arrived and were immediately met with a translator. We traveled to Kiev, joined with the coordinator of the, in the Assemblies of God Bible School in Kiev. We were then split up into teams uh, teams of two, and then we were assigned a translator, and they went all, we went to three different cities. We traveled by train to three different cities. Our team, made of uh, Marty Reeve and myself, we, we both felt like we were the weakest member of the team, and so we renamed ourselves the power team because we were so weak, we depended on the power of the Lord, so we were the power team. And so, uh, uh, that, so, and, and so and what we did, we, we went to the homes of Ukrainian believers, and we were treated very kindly, with great hospitality. Some even asked their children to sleep on the couch, and they gave, gave us our bedroom, their, their bedrooms. Others had just smaller apartments. They, we slept in their living rooms, and we slept on the floor in their rooms. They would cook us breakfast, pack a lunch for us, and have dinner for us in the evenings. What I learned is that Ukrainians love onions, raw onions and radishes. They even eat it, eat it for breakfast. My first breakfast in the Ukraine was spaghetti with, uh, the, and their form of spaghetti is pasta with ketchup over the top. That's their spaghetti. And then, uh, then a side dish of raw onions and raw radishes. That's what was greeted me on my first breakfast. And I gag on with a raw onion. And I'm trying to be nice to this host, but I cannot get it in my mouth. Well, mm, 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 
you know, try gagging this fabulous breakfast. And so I was not eating well. I was not eating well. And then our second host, uh, she noticed I wasn't doing well. And, and, and through broken, you know, we, we literally took a Bible to try to talk to each other because that translator didn't stay in the homes with us to try to communicate what was going on. Once this uh, mother, her, her son was a young adult at that time, understood I was having a trouble eating, she adjusted. And man, the next morning, she made me the best homemade crepes fruit-filled crepes and to this day bethany you 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 think you think crepes uh, amori is great the uh, the crepes of the ukrainian women i guess they were holding they didn't want to just show their cooking skills to just anybody but my goodness man the crepes were just fabulous and what i learned about the ukrainian people at first they're kind of aloof they're kind of separated uh course we were former enemies being you know americans but once they understood our needs they they were more than willing to meet our needs and so we traveled by train throughout the entire country and a unique thing is that in that era there was a lyme disease breakout in the ukraine so i tend to be overly cautious so i said i, I know what uh i'm going to go get the lyme disease uh vaccination so that I'll be protected. So I got three, days, three doses of the Lyme disease before going to the Ukraine. And um, also, and, and later, research has shown, well, guess what? That, that, that vaccination, as great as it is against Lyme disease, does, does cause lymphoma. Um, so we also, as, as male Americans, thought, well, there's one place we want to go see. Guess what we all wanted to go see? Just take a random guess. Did anybody say Chernobyl? Yeah. Yeah. We, why would anybody want to go see Chernobyl? I don't know, but we did. You couldn't get too close to it. It all, had all barricaded. So here, here it is. A decade later, I got diagnosed with lymphoma. What, you know, great. Go, get, get, get. And, and every, here's another thing about Ukraine. Every child under the age of 16 at that time, it was at like at 80% level had, had lymphoma because of the Chernobyl nuclear disaster. Another evidence of the abusive relationship Russia had with Ukraine. They placed this nuclear reactor in their country and exposed that country to all the dangers of an untested and an unproven nuclear facility. So we travel through train, and FYI, trains in those days, the bathroom is just a hole in the floor. And you better have good quads if you use the bathroom on the train in Ukraine. It's just a hole in the floor, and boom, there out it goes. And so it's just the way that they do things. And when we travel through the country, these vast agricultural fields, and what the Soviet Union did, these vast Virgin forests in the Ukraine, they literally clear-cutted the whole country and created vast agricultural fields for one purpose, to feed the Soviet Union. And you could just sense it from the land and the people themselves. They had been abused by Russia and the Soviet Union for so long, and they were just being taken advantage, literally raped and pillaged of all their natural resources for, quote, the common good throughout the Soviet Union. Whatever metaphor helps you understand the relationship between Russia and Ukraine, 
whether it's a former slave of the Soviet Union or an abused woman, it takes a while to overcome the limiting mindsets that they were under. Currently, our transaction coordinator for the Redux group that Chris Craddock is the team lead over, we do over, 100, or over 500 transactions a year. She is from the Ukraine. She came to this country not knowing English. She is one of the smartest people, which is synonymous of all the people I met in the Ukraine. Highly, highly intelligent. Highly, highly able. Beautiful people. She learned English, learned our systems, and now is known nationwide as one of the best transaction coordinators in real estate. I'm 100% certain that given enough time, the Ukrainian people would have become and could become self-sustaining, self-governing, live independently from any support of Russia and other people given enough time. But this is true for all of us. At the moment of breakthrough, at the moment of wanting to level up, at the moment of getting to the place that you're fully 100% independent is when you're going to get the beat down, is when you're going to get what we would call spiritual warfare. And, we, and this is an attack against their identity. This is an attack against them as an identity, as a nation, and as people. It's important for us to understand Galatians 2.20. Galatians 2.20 says, My old self has been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. So I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. We have this opportunity to differentiate between what is really us and what is our old nature, the sinful nature. Listen, a person can have a lifelong habit of doing something or being something that's less than positive, and now it has become a, it is much a part of their human being as anything is. Think about if you, if you smoke a cigarette and you have the habit of smoking cigarettes, what are you known as? A smoker. You're a smoker. You're an addict. Yeah, you're addicted to that. Whatever a person does, if they do it long enough, it's become a habit, and your identity will be tied to that. In our family, Brenda is a person who drives faster on trips than I do. If we're going to Nashville, we get there in 10 hours. If Brenda drives, if I drive, we get there in 12. So in our family, her identity is known as the fast driver, right? It's, it, it, she is also known, and we, we, our middle son is going to be 39 years tomorrow, today. I'm known also as a person who can't remember dates. That's why I got married on 4th of July, so I never forget. That's a joke, but it is one of the reasons. One of Brenda's identity is she's a mom and a grandmother. She's a woman. Her identity is tied to her gender, what she's able to do, and what she has been. Whatever a person does, your identity gets linked to these things about us. As a, a, I'm also a dad, a, a father, grandfather. I like to run, so I'm known as a runner. So whatever we do, we become identified with that particular thing. So Rachel leads us in worship every Sunday. She's known as a worshiper. 
Our identities are tied to what we do, and we do it long enough. That's what we are identified with. And we all have positive and negative habits that people identify us. Oh, you're that person. And so for some to repent of a habit, let's just say you have a bad habit of gambling or smoking or drunkenness or divisiveness or spreading gossip or addicted to drugs or stealing from your employee. Those things, you become identified by those bad habits. And it's almost like you lose your identity if you repent of these. And so for a season after repentance, it's almost like you've lost your anchor because you're no longer able to do what you used to do and now you're brand new. And it seems like for a few months you just lost your way because you're no longer identified by what you just do. For all of us, just try stopping one bad habit this week. In fact, for Lent, why don't you just target one bad habit? By the grace of God, I'm going to stop this for the time of Lent. And see, let's like, like just say, I'm going to stop one bad habit of not putting the toilet seat down and just see how good, how good you do at this thing. And so just how many's tried to stop just one bad habit and found it a struggle? Just one, just one little bad habit. What happens is if we continue that bad habit a long time, we become identified with that. So it might be, we may be in, a, in this era of human history, like a song Barry McGuire penned in the 70s. We may be on the eve of destruction. We may be on the eve of destruction. That song was a crossover song, played both secular, sacred markets, caused many people to repent of their sins, including nationalism, and completely give themselves to Jesus with a widespread belief that Jesus was coming soon. Could be like Brenda and I driving north on 29 without a moment to make a decision. That deer could have gotten into our windshield and we could have been immediately ushered into the presence of God. This is not to create fear in anyone's life. It's to create the reality that you should live in such a way that in every day of your life, if you are living on the eve of destruction, that you will be immediately ushered into the presence of God because of your relationship with God through Christ Jesus. My action item today I'm going to conclude with, I will probably say, 99% of every church and every pastor and any in any congregation this morning is not going to call their church to this one action item. But it is equal in authority and infallibility as John 14, 16. John 14, 16 says, Jesus told them, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. I'm so glad I knew where that was found. I was able to open the Bible to this friend, new friend of the Islamic faith. And after reading it, she said, Where, wh how do I read the Bible? So I showed her how to download the YouVersion app, showed her on YouTube how to read, uh, listen to the Holy Bible and to translate it in, in her language. And I'm thankful for that powerful scripture. But an equally powerful scripture is this. Now, Bethany, you're going to love this action item. I know Becca will. She's always been fun-loving. Uh, Ecclesiastes 8.15. Can everybody just say it out loud? The first verse. So I recommend what? I've been trying 
That'd be a great memory verse. If I was in children's church, we'd be doing a memory verse. So I recommend having fun. Let's read it all together and set the whole context for it. We're going to back up to verse 1, verse 11. When a crime is not punished quickly, people feel it is safe to do wrong. But even though a person sins a hundred times and still lives a long time, I know that those who fear God will be better off. The wicked will not prosper, for they do not fear God. Their days will, grow, will never grow long like the evening shadows. And this is not all that is meaningless in our world. In this life, good people are often treated as though they were wicked. And wicked people are often treated as though they were good. This is so meaningless. Verse 15. Here's our action item. So I recommend having fun. Because there's nothing better for people in this world than to eat, drink, and enjoy life. That way, they will experience some happiness along with the hard work God gives them under the sun. You still love me after giving this very difficult action item? <laughs> I recommend having some fun. Today, we live in uncertainty. Most experts are saying we're probably going to be paying $5 a gallon in gas. Inflation is going to continue to rise. Just in one month, real estate values have increased 10%. Financial calamities, professionals are saying, are inevitable. Cyber attacks are going to be inevitable. We don't know what the future is, but what can we do? I recommend having some fun. Find a way in this pressured life to have some fun. And this actually says because there's nothing better for people in this world than to eat, drink, and enjoy life. The last experience I had in the Ukraine was, as Brenda said, our hosts and translators were saying their goodbyes. They wanted to express compassion. And the way people in love with other people express compassion is to give. And I want us to have fun with giving. To this day, that Ukrainian woman is thought of kindly by my wife. It was fun for her to give a scarf. And, and everybody has scarves in the Ukraine just because they do that head covering thing if they're in a situation where they need to quickly put one on. It's just part of their culture. But she gave it that way. And I'm, I'm going to ask us to do something this morning. Um, because the main point today is the triumph over sin and death. What has come into your life in the form of sin and death that you need to triumph over? And I would like for us to differentiate between people or communities or countries and just think of yourself. What is sin and death has led me into that through Christ Jesus, I am to triumph over. And I'm going to ask us to do something that we don't do very often in here. And you at home will have to, I'm asking you to do something where you move. You move out of your chair and take a kneeling position and you ask the Lord's help to help you repent and confess of those things in your life 
that you feel the Holy Spirit has said to you, <clears throat> that's, that's sin and death working in your life. So I'm going to ask us, after I would do a quick word of prayer, what's keeping you from having fun? What's keeping you from living a loving life towards every people, other people? What's keeping you from being a giver of things? What's keeping you? And that's what we want to repent of and ask God to help us triumph over it this morning. Father in heaven, help us today give our best gift. And that best gift we know is us. I, us, the real us, not the one that's identified by our bad habits, but that one that you fearfully and wonderfully made. Help us find identity in the death, burial, resurrection, and ascension of Jesus Christ, not in our genders, not in our roles, not in our jobs, not in our country, not in anything other than within our relationship with you through Christ Jesus. And Father, I admit to you how, what a struggle that is. But we ask you, Father, by your grace to help us. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, would you, would you just come and with that thing in your mind that you want God to help you triumph over, have that in your mind. Let's just kind of make our way to the front, find a little place to kneel, find a little place to pray, and just take a moment and say, God, help me triumph over sin and death in Jesus' name. So come. And you at home, won't you just hop off your recliner, uh, take a moment, get in a position where you can repent, confess, and believe that God will help you triumph over sin. So come. It's been a long time since we've done this. Might be a good habit to reestablish here uh, in all of our lives. Just to take a moment regularly in your life, just to kneel and confess and say, Lord, help me triumph over sin and death in Jesus' name. Just come. Just come in Jesus' name. Just take a moment and just remember that thing. Remember that thing to triumph over sin. Possibly you today and while you're praying i'm just gonna maybe someone's watching today you never said yes to jesus christ you never confessed in your mouth from your mouth you never believed in your heart that god raised jesus from the dead you've never said the words jesus is lord well today would you just say these words lord jesus i accept you as my lord and savior i confess my sins and i accept jesus as my lord i die to my old self and I'll live to you, Lord Jesus. Come into my heart, Lord Jesus, and be my Lord and my Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And now if you just prayed that prayer, join others and just overcome whatever sin and death has looked like in your life. In Jesus' name, thank you, Lord. Help us triumph over sin and death. We repent of our sins. Whatever habits that are, that are called sin and death in our life, the sins and things that lead to death, we're asking you, God, for help us triumph over it. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. If you enjoyed today's message, why not share it with a friend? I invite you to subscribe at Apple Podcast and our YouTube channel. 
We'd love to hear your feedback and comments. So glad that you were with us today. Look forward to seeing you next week. At Vienna Assembly of God, we love God, others, and life. And we're leading our community in a growing relationship with God.